0: welcome to another episode of fight the burnout today we have A.K. dozanti from the u.s she is a ex-police officer of 12 years and now doing similar things to what i do around wellness and coaching for law enforcement and first responders uh well-being coaching um specifically and so we're gonna have some fun today talking about some similar things i can already tell we've had a conversation before we started recording and there's some good stuff Uh, As always, this episode is sponsored by Create From Why, and we currently have a motorcycle retreat for first responders, business professionals, and all proceeds are going to a law enforcement based company uh, called Griffith Blue Heart, who gets AEDs into the back of police cars so that they can save even more lives. There you go. Uh, And so we are doing that in May 2023. So if you're interested in that, the link is down in the bio, but without further ado, Okay, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in policing, and we'll talk burnout and wellness today.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I can tell this is going to be a great conversation. So, yeah, um, a little bit about me. I started in law enforcement when I was just 19 years old um, as an auxiliary. I did a couple of years of undercover online investigations. Um, during that time, I was getting my undergrad degree And went through the academy when I was 20, uh, which for the state of Ohio, you can't actually be commissioned until you're 21. But um, I, you know, so I had a little bit of time to wait. Uh, But went ahead and got my degree, started as a deputy sheriff um, two days after I graduated and was full time on there for a while. Um, in 2015 i had a very crispy burnout uh i didn't know that when i came into the job i had traumas that i had not dealt with had not healed from and um as as many of us later find out that's you know kind of what drives us getting into the job but um at that point i pivoted and i became a criminal court victim advocate for about 5 years during that time because you know i couldn't just slow down and be <laughs> Focus on one thing. Um, I went back and got my master's degree in criminology and victimology, which is essentially trauma. And I became a yoga instructor. Um, I went really woo woo for a while. I became a Reiki master, got into all the essential oils, all of the healing modalities. And um, when I left that job in 2020, I took some time off just to be a mom and a wife. And uh, well, you know, pandemic in there with that, but, um, I kind of did some soul searching, tried to figure out where on earth I wanted to go with this. I was still on as a, as an auxiliary. And, uh, I just decided that I needed to mesh all of it together. And so I did, and I created lifesaver wellness, um, and I I coach and train first responders on their own personal wellness and how to manage chronic stress and mitigate the byproducts of working in a trauma-rich environment.
0: Mm. And we all need that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're sitting there going, hey, I don't need that, well, you definitely need it. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, so, okay, cool. So let's go back to what got you into wanting to go into law enforcement in the first place?
1: Interestingly enough, I I always say that it kind of chose me Um, when I look back at my childhood, I was always into and I don't know if you'll remember this, but Harriet the spy was always into like unsolved mysteries and like these, you know, different shows and it was all very intriguing. And so I really loved the investigation side of things. Right. Um, You know. Being a spy. I I just thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. Um, But I obviously didn't really think that that was going to be the case. So uh, when I went to college, I really enjoyed sociology and the study of social sciences and things like that. Um, I was in a class and they offered an opportunity to go shadow the folks that I ended up working undercover with. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And as, as messed up as it was, I knew that I was helping, uh, because I was catching pervs online is what I was doing. And so, but I knew that if, if they were interacting with me, then they weren't interacting with a real 14 year old girl. And so that was what kept driving me to go back there. And, um. So then I just signed. I was like, the only way to do this is to actually become a cop. And so I signed up for the police academy. My family was all like, up in arms. Like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Um, and uh, it just blossomed from there.
0: Oh, that's awesome. We interviewed a few episodes ago, a guy who did um that for like the criminal, that, uh, that investigation online stuff for a long time. And <laughs> he called himself a 14 year old girl all the time he's like yeah i was a 14 year old girl online you know to catch pervs and i was like yeah cool and that's the title of it 14 uh, being a 14 year old girl to catch pervs and so it's quite funny but yeah Yeah. so and i know he 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 went through a lot during that time with his stuff you know he had kids and that but how'd you deal with that undercover stuff online and that how'd you find that
1: uh what do you mean? How did like? like how did, how did find you find it, it or...
0: personally? Like mentally wise in that? Did it? Did... Oh, how
1: did? It you were young. Me. Yeah.
0: You're, you know, you're quite young, but
1: yeah. And, and I think being so young, um, looking back, it affected me more than I thought it did. Yeah. Because I wasn't that much older than the people who I was pretending to be, right? Yeah. Um, and the things that I was being exposed to were far beyond, you know, what I could have ever imagined reality in the criminal side of things. Um, and at that point, it, I, I was so eager to learn more and to keep learning and doing good that I, I didn't even consider how it was affecting me. Hmm. Uh, but looking back, you know, there are still images that are stuck in my head. And there are still conversations, you know, I, I would do controlled phone calls and stuff. Those, some of those conversations are still stuck in my head. And I just, um, you know, at that point, you're so young, you don't even have the awareness to notice how those things do affect you. So, um, at the time I didn't find it to bother me very much, but, uh, in hindsight, it definitely had an impact.
0: Looking back on it, because I'm all about, you know, prevention, I know you are as well. Uh looking back on it, what were you so focused on that it didn't really so much affect you at the time or feel like it didn't affect you at the time? What were you focused on like specifically? Can you remember?
1: Um, I just wanted to catch as many of them as possible. Mm. I, I was so focused on if they're talking to me, like so if I had four conversations going on at once, I was like, okay, that's four people that are not talking to a real 14 year old girl. That's four people that we could potentially get off these streets. And I, it just, it was, you know, it was really late nights and, you know, multiple nights in a row because you had to continue these conversations and keep them going. And I just, um, it just kept driving me to get more and more and more and more and more. And I remember the record at the time and i don't know if anybody's beat it but from the time that the person said hello to the time we had him in handcuffs um was my record of 44 minutes Whoa, 44 minutes and and he had a 30 minute drive and i was like this is absolutely insane so i just wanted to keep catching those guys
0: did that and did you find that because i know like some people can get burned out doing that and then sometimes if you're focused on the right things that actually empowers you and and actually energizes you in a in a a positive way Mm -hmm. did you find that it energized you through that time like was it were you were did you feel drained or did you feel like you were it was serving you
1: oh well it was such an adrenaline rush (sighs) that i i think i got addicted to the the rush of it all um because i was brand new i wasn't even a I wasn't even able to be commissioned at the time. I was only 19 and 20. Um, and so to be so valuable to them as a young female um, who learned the job very quickly and was able to just crank out these cases, I, um, I got a huge rush out of that and it, it I just needed more of it. So a hundred percent. And so there goes my you know dysregulated nervous system right into outer space and yep. just
0: <laughs> and you know it's so many, it's so many cops you know yours was doing the you know the 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 youth stuff and that and the, the the sex offenders then there's other people like myself it was all about the the tactical side of stuff like I was like okay I want the tactical cool fast chases stacking up on buildings let's go have fun you know joined protection services, became a glorified, I used to literally call myself a glorified bullet catch. <laughs> you know, That's what my term for myself was. I'm a glorified bullet catch. My wife used to just shake her head and be like, don't say that, please. Because it was, it was that thrill. That's something
1: you want to hear as a spouse.
0: No, no, but it is, it's, it's so true. We, you know, we, we, we find something and it deals and it goes into things and, and I'll come back to, the, come back to a question that I have on that um, later on. But Uh, So from there, you got, you got commissioned. And then did you have to go straight to front, like beats, like, I don't know. We call it like beat slash patrol. Um, Did you have to go straight to that from Academy?
1: No. So I I went to the Academy um, probably. So I went to the Academy when I was in, when I was 20. And so I had a whole year before I was able to actually be properly commissioned. Um, And then I, when I signed on, I started at the, I, like doing courthouse security and then I did like prisoner transports and then I got on uh FTO um, on the road and we had we we're pretty rural county we had 520 square miles um with some couple villages like few villages and cities and whatever but I mean we were running with average of maybe five units single man units um and I was on uh primarily afternoon shift for the bulk of my career. So a lot of the in progress stuff. Um, and that just, you know, then I then I had a new love of just, you know, getting hearing that domestic get called out. And I'm like, um, here I go. Like, yeah, lights and sirens. Um, and not that I enjoyed, I mean it's it really sounds sick, but not that I enjoyed hearing you know, domestic getting called out, but it was like, but knowing that I could be the person to get there and, and be of assistance that then kind of drove yeah. me.
0: So you could get there and, and be the change, be the difference, be the, be the person for whatever was going on. Not can, uh, I mean, that's why we join, isn't it? So we can go and uh, I hear it all the time and I, uh, I'm not a fan of the, this level of why somebody wants to join the place, but I want to, you know, they, we all want to help people and that's why you yeah. know you and I have gotten into what we're doing now because it carries on from that but at a deeper level, I'm guarantee it. Uh, so you did, you did, you know, normal frontline kind of work. Uh, and then where'd you go from there? Or is that where you kind of, you stayed there till 2015?
1: That was my trajectory into my crispy burnout. So, um, I, when I came, I moved a couple hours away from my family, uh, for college. And so when I lived up here, I was, pretty much alone. You know, I had roommates, college roommates and stuff like that, but then I lived alone. And, um, something I didn't mention when I was 17, I lost my best friend since we were four years old to suicide. And, um, so I had some other things happen in my childhood, but that was primarily like this, this big catalyst for me. And I really hadn't dealt with it You know, that was I was 17. I, I went through my senior year. I was completely numbed out and then went, you know, just a year, year or two later, I'm working in law enforcement. And so I just totally skated over it. Right. And by the time I got to 2015, I was. I was isolating in certain ways, but then being social in. Uh, destructive ways, um, just going out partying, drinking too much, and bad decisions, and whatever. Um, and then I started to see my job performance declining. My I wasn't getting reports in on time. I was showing up to work without my duty weapon. I was um, like, I wasn't getting sleep, and so I, you know, was having issues trying to stay awake on on shift, and it, like it was just bad. And I had enough awareness to say, I need to pump the brakes. And um, I had a few instances where I got things got really, really dark. And I I said, I just I I can't like, I need to make a choice and I choose me. Hmm.
0: Was it your own awareness? Or did anybody say anything to you? Was anybody? Was there any kind of Sparks of words of what's going on, in AK, like anything like that, or was it just kind of you recognized it?
1: <laughs> well, there was some awareness of the job performance for certain, um, and some of those things were brought to my attention in a not so great way, yeah. um, which kind of perpetuated the issue. Yeah, and I don't blame them; they didn't know what they didn't know. Um, a lot of it was my own self awareness, but I do attribute being able to step away from, um, starting a a new relationship with my now husband and finally being able to say, okay, I I do need some support. And I, I do need to let somebody in and let somebody kind of be that safety net for me. And he was like, you don't have to live like this. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) and so at that point I was like,
0: you listen, what do you think made you listen to a new relationship?
1: Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> we had previously so this is probably TMI for your listeners, but we went to we went on a first date in like February of that year and it was great and I was like I really like this guy and I am going to screw it up. So I ghosted him. And <laughs> I I told him I said I, you know, the classic, it's not you, it's me. And, but I would, I, but it was true. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm not in a good place. And, um, I I want to revisit this, but I don't want you to, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to string you along. Right. And, uh, he waited for me and, uh, I'm going to get emotional. Um, that summer we, saw each other again and he said you gonna let me take you on that second date and we had ma- we had stayed in contact a little bit here and there and uh i said sure what the hell and from that day on mm. we've been together
0: right man it, it, yeah i'm 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 so glad because who knows what would have happened from this you know if he hadn't <laughs> um but no that's a, that's an amazing story and I'm glad that you did share that because it isn't TMI. It is so true with with and you know it with all law enforcement or first responders. Sometimes we literally have to be slapped in the face to get you know we're we're excellent at looking after everybody else, but we just can't see anything in the mirror, you know. It,
1: well, and a lot of times we get these and i I've seen it called um their ants. Automatic negative thoughts. And we get these automatic negative thoughts that, um, you know, this person's going to ghost me or this person's not going to like me, or I'm going to screw this up because that's what I do. Um, And so we really have to have somebody prove us wrong. Mm. And he was persistent and he stuck around and he proved to me that he wasn't, that he wasn't going to leave.
0: Yeah.
1: And and that was like, "Mm, okay, so maybe whatever I've been doing isn't working and I need to try this other thing. So yeah.
0: You, you, you don't have to to isolate. You don't have to answer this if you don't, if you don't want to, but curious, did you have people leave you when you were a kid?
1: Yeah. 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 And that's, and and so, and yeah, our conversation earlier, (laughs) a lot of what our issues are as adults stem from what our issues were as children that we never dealt with and so for me abandonment is a whole thing it is a whole can of worms with alligators and scorpions and all of the icky creatures Darks with you can laser
0: think of. beams and <laughs>
1: oh yes.
0: yes all of it yeah yep. no i totally get it mine mine's am i good enough you know that's that's been mine for years mm-hmm. it still is there and it drives me and it rears its head at times but it is it's it's so true and we bring that into policing and it's it's great to have that you know yeah, this is why you and i do what we do is because we, it's about bringing that awareness that you're not it's not that you're not bringing it in, but you're not bringing the destructive part of it into policing. Right. Um, so perfect. So I love it. So you brought that awareness. What'd you do to to fight that burnout? And what do you, you know, what do you still use today from those times?
1: Well, so that was the, the start of, um, diving back into yoga. Cause I, I started doing yoga when I was in the academy, but just for like a good stretch, um, didn't really understand the, all the other parts of it. Um, but that was my kind of segue back into all of the, the woo woo things. And so what I really learned, I started uh, digging a lot into trauma and neurobiology and how your nervous system gets dysregulated when you experience chronic stress and trauma and how to get all of that back online, how to get the proper parts of your brain working again, how to reframe your ways of thinking and refile those memories. And, um, so a lot of it was for me, um, going through yoga teacher training and, uh, starting a meditation practice and really just getting to know myself coming home to me because I didn't know who I was. And and I know that, again, this is something we've talked about because it is so prevalent. And, you know, the I'll say the king of trauma, Bessel van der Kock, says the essence of trauma is the loss of identity. And so when we're growing up and we don't feel like we have an identity or we don't like our identity or we just feel lost, we're going to go towards something that gives us an immediate, recognizable sense of identity, a uniform. And if we grew up not feeling seen and not feeling heard, damn it, I'm going to have lights and sirens and you're going to see me and you're going to hear me. Yep. And, and a big ass horn. That is, <laughs> it, that exactly. <laughs> and that drives so many first responders into these fields. and. A lot of us don't like to admit it because we're so good at avoiding that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you really boil it down, that's that's a lot of why we even get into this stuff. But no. then we have to work through that to be able to prevent the burnout. And so, you know, we can talk all we want about making sure we get enough sleep and eating properly and exercising All those things are great. Those are amazing peripheral things that need to be in place. But if you don't know who you are, and if you're not healing those old, old wounds, you're still going to burn out. Mm
0: -hmm. Have you had a look at, I did this a while back when I was creating some stuff for a presentation, and I don't know why I hadn't done it sooner, but have you had a look at the Webster dictionary definition of burnout and PTSD?
1: uh not recently so i don't change it changes doesn't yeah (laughs) well but at some point i did and i but i don't it's not yeah so i I, I can't i can't
0: quote it off quote it off exactly but it's a the gist of it around it is burnout is a a accumulative um accumulative um accumulation of stressors that causes a lack of like a, a reduction in energy or something along those lines So it's an accumulation of stressors is the big thing that I picked out of it. PTSD is depression, anxiety, or a mental illness caused by a singular stressful event.
1: Hmm.
0: And now we know there's a cumulative PTSD.
1: Right. Complex PTSD. Yeah.
0: Very similar, aren't they? So when... When you look at it from a word definition, logical point of view, if we're burning out and we haven't dealt with our trauma, like you said, we're going to have that, we're going to get, you know, we're going to burn out because we haven't dealt with our past stuff. How much more likely are we to get, have those PTSD events actually lock in? Because all we're doing is adding more and more stress to our lives, being in the state of burnout. And then when those big ones come in, like that death, that suicide that a notification job the thing that overwhelms us all of a sudden where we just fall over and spiral and spiral and spiral and so this is where i you know i'm glad that you brought that all up around the whole thing of dealing with your past trauma so you really know who you are and bring yourself mm-hmm. to it and then put the badge and gun and everything else on top you know there to help who you are
1: mm-hmm
0: then we don't know. And
1: even if you, yeah. And, And even if you do know who you are, are you living that way? Yes. How many of us are walking around wearing a completely different mask on the outside from what we truly are on the inside? And how exhausting is that? I mean, you talk about chronic stress, right? And so my big thing or, you know, the thing I talk to my clients a lot about is making sure that, you know, you're able to kind of break yourself free from all of that inauthenticity. And it's not that you have to share all of your things all the time, but to be able to own it and acknowledge it and say, yep, this is me and and actually navigate through it. That's what kind of sets you free and breaks down that, that barrier, because then you can just walk into a room and be like, hey- I'm here, not who's in the room, what face do I need to put on and what am I supposed to say and not allowed to say? So, I mean, it really, that right there just takes a lot of stress off.
0: Oh, definitely. And it's also the, um, I believe, I'd love to know your thoughts on it with us being on a very similar pages. Once you know the why or where it comes from, like that, why you have that mask on, then when that mask decides and it tries to put itself back on, you can go, oh, okay, this is coming back up again, and this is why it's coming mm-hmm. up. Okay, cool. Now I get to make a decision on it. Do I put the mask on to save to, to, to make myself feel safe, or do I take it off and actually work through it so that I'm safe all the time?
1: Yeah. And then just having that awareness. Mm. So exactly when it comes up, when you feel, and I, I hate to use the word triggered, but I haven't found a better one for it yet. Um but when you feel triggered or you feel like you need to revert back that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where all of that work that you've done can actually be applied because a lot of people are like, well wait, but you you know, I do this work, but how do I actually implement it? Well, it's going to life is going to give you opportunities. Um but Then in that process, once you have the big awareness, you can't then shame yourself back into your hole because you, you did the old thing or because you're not where you want to be, because that will just perpetuate you right back into where you were.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so, so true. So what, so you did the yoga, you went the woo-woo way which I know we all, we all, the pendulum tends to swing. And we're seeing that in law enforcement right now, you know, for all those out there, we do feel for you. The pendulum is swinging to the, every cop needs to be, you know, what, all the, whatever you want to call it. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about and all those out there know what I'm talking about. The pendulum has swung. I mean, if you look at it that way, it will come back when something swings. And what is it? If if it goes up, it must come down. It's going to come back Mm -hmm. and it will balance out. Um, so you you went the woo woo with the yoga, and then you've come back to the the you know your lifesaver wellness, um business mm-hmm. that you have now. Yeah. How do you balance? Where how where's the pendulum landed?
1: <laughs> so I have a very practical approach in my teaching. So I have my woo woo ways for me, but I know that that's not for everybody, and so when I go into these departments and do a training or I'm working one-on-one with a client um, or even I-, I just build out a self-paced program that's on my new app, um, Lifesaver Academy app. So at any time I'm implementing that stuff or sharing that um, I have a very practical approach and it's, it's all just about being real and actually acknowledging what's going on. So being able to connect, you know, mind and body. And there's a lot of like breathing exercises. You don't need to stand on your head and do yoga. And, you know, if you want to, by all means, it helps. Um, But there's a lot of other things that just can help you connect to yourself. And in doing that, a lot of it can sound very soft and I get that all the time. And and my my rebuttal to that is when a storm is on the horizon, a cow will turn and try to outrun the storm and ends up being in the storm for a lot longer. Cows are dumb and they're slow. Buffalo and bison will face the storm head on and charge into that storm and when they do that they reduce the amount of time that they're in it they reduce the amount of discomfort and they just freaking deal with it and so often as first responders we are the bison we just we we go straight into the danger we we handle our shit we get in we get out but when it comes to our personal wellness and our emotions and our mental health we're over here trying to be the cow, like just just no. I just have and images, it, it's so true. Array.
0: though. We're so good at looking after everybody else, and I I've interviewed hundreds of first responders, and it is. It's we're great at saving everybody else and doing evals yeah. on everybody else, but when it comes to ourselves, oh no 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 no. no. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with me. I'll just sit here and I'll be fine. Everything will be all good. And I remember saying that exact yes. thing when I joined the police
1: yeah and and so we're like oh I, i'm i'm just going to and, and then i'm the black cloud and i'm going to i'm going to bitch about it but i'm i'm not going to actually do anything about it yeah. whereas if you would have that bison mentality and say all right my body's revved up i'm feeling anxious and nothing's happening i'm just sitting in my living room maybe i need to explore this mm. right but no, so that's where I, I I try to, and I try to give those visuals because that helps, you yeah. know. But it really is, it's not a soft way of dealing with things. It's not a, and I'll just say it, woman's way of dealing with emotions because we all have them. Um, it really is kind of badass to just face your stuff and. Hit
0: it head on. I I, um, I I bet you won't you won't disagree with me. It's not easy either, but like you said, you'll no. be in it and let you'll be in it for less time if you hit it hard on the head. Uh, yeah, it's yeah.
1: It but it, it it's not it's not easy. But the part that we have to overcome is the stigma mm. and the knowing that there's pain there. Because your brain doesn't know the difference between physical and emotional pain. And your brain's going, uh-uh, no, ma'am, we're going to be the heifer today. I'm going this way. I don't want to be the bison no. because there's pain there. But if we just, you know, take some deep breaths, huff and puff a little bit, join the stampede and go, then there's a whole lot of freedom on the other side of that.
0: A whole lot. And, and it gets easier. Like, I, I was actually thinking this exact thing the other day because with me taking the next step in my business and, and and you know, really putting myself out there um, for, for departments and things like that, I was, I was my, these old fears are coming up in different ways and these old things are coming up. And I was sitting there and I was riding my motorcycle to town and I was like, why does this keep coming up? And I was like, I was working through, I was like, you know, I remember when these first started coming. And I would fight against them and be like, not nah, go away. And now I'm sitting there going, why is this coming up? And work being the bison, literally hitting the hammer right on the head, just going, let's go. Okay, cool. What's going on? And I remember I used to, when somebody would ask me or my wife would ask me, you know, deep questions and I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not going there. And even still, it still comes up. It's like, no, don't, I don't want to go there. Nope. Okay. Let's go. Because this is how you get through it quickly. Otherwise it's going to be here in a month or two months or three months still here. And I'm not going to be any further ahead. So couldn't agree with you more there um okay so um i do have a question for you because i get this one all the time and i see it and it annoys the in a way it annoys the crowd me because i conquered this so long ago what do you say to those officers that have to sit with their back they have to sit facing the door and their back to the wall and with that smile you know what i'm talking about
1: I sure do. <laughs> um, I would ask them how their dinner is. No, um, I, you know what? That is a habit that I have a hard time breaking. Interesting. And it's, it's a little bit of, so here, I'll say this. It used to be out of extreme hypervigilance, yeah. right? Which is
0: most case, most cases I, I feel is that's where people are sitting.
1: And now it's, I don't, I don't have to, mm. I don't have to have my back, you know, or have my eyes on the door. Um, I feel a little bit better when I do just for safety sake. But it, for example, if I'm meeting up with a client and I know they have that, yeah, I will give them the door. I will, I will let them, you know, yeah. a- and I feel safe with them. Um, it's what with your spouse what's that
0: how about with your husband
1: Um, i mean i mean he's not in law enforcement but i feel safe with him so i don't think it like i i don't it doesn't become a thing when it's just him and i
0: i don't why why is it a thing because i know a lot of people a lot of ex police that i talk to are like if i can't sit with my face facing the door i won't go in and so and it's not as like, much even a, with even with their spouse or anything they like, I have to be able to see.
1: So it's not as much of a thing for me now because I have a regulated nervous system because I am not completely hypervigilant anymore. I am not, you know, on my toes with pins and needles and just ready for the next thing to happen. Like I'm ready and I'm prepared, but I am also very grounded yeah. now. And before I was, I, I probably couldn't even tell you where my feet were. So um, that's the difference now. That used to be the case, one hundred percent. But
0: do you say now that you're grounded and that you aren't as hyper vigilant? Uh, would you say that uh, you use when your back is to the door that you use your other senses more? That they actually have a tendency to come in more? Yes. Which I, I feel is a is a is a bonus that we have. Like I'm the same way. I don't. Ha- I never oh, yeah. really got to the thing of I have to watch the door. It never got planted with me. I just always used all my senses. I was hyper hyper vigilant. I mean, I was looking after the heads of state and things like that. And so off duty, I was still in that same zone, so hyper vigilant that I was in the U.S. and driving my uncle's pickup, I uh, driving my uncle's you know truck and to a friend's house and thought that somebody was following me. Early two black 2000 Tahoe so much so that i pulled over and forced it to pass me that's how hyper vigilant Mm -hmm. i got to and but i would always use my senses and so now that's all i use is i use those sentences so i was i was just curious to see if that's what you find you use now that you're a bit more grounded and you're able to to do that
1: and it's interesting because so you mentioned that and i would say when i was very close to my my burnout I lived about 5 minutes away from my department. My commute was maybe 7 minutes and I would take a different route almost every night home. I would take a 15 minute, I would drive 15 minutes to get home just because I thought maybe somebody was following me, right? And that's you not like I, I don't I don't mean to s- not not that I'm aware of. Um and I don't mean to say that in a in a mocking way. I'm kind of mocking myself, but yeah. because that hypervigilance plays tricks on your your cognition. It, it plays tricks on you and you start to pick up on things and question things that maybe are not completely grounded re- in reality. And that's where it starts to get kind of scary. Um because you know you think there's somebody following you and you're like, nope, they're just in a hurry and they were tailgating me. So
0: have you done any surveillance work yeah yeah so once you d- you've done surveillance work you actually realize that if somebody's properly following you home and knows what they're actually doing
1: you're oh, yeah. probably not you, even, gonna, not even know gonna know, even know the that they're there <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and that's you and know If they don't but, know what they're doing not... you
0: can probably handle them when they if you if you pull in you'll probably be able to handle them anyways
1: <laughs> but if you're completely hypervigilant and you're exactly. not grounded in reality, you're not you're not gonna think no. clearly. Gonna and think uh
0: yeah. yeah. So what and would you say why is
1: like,
0: oh sorry, go ahead. Sorry for interrupting.
1: well I was just gonna say that's why it's so important to be able to regulate yourself and and get grounded so that, you know, your mind isn't playing tricks on you.
0: So I know, I know for like, you know, I've talked to lots of people and you know I've been out of you know, full time law enforcement for quite a while now. Uh, and so, you know, in my mind, I sit there and go, okay, cool. Well, somebody who's in law enforcement that is maybe in that kind of vigilant kind of thing is, you know, might be saying in their head, yeah, this is easy for you to say you're not active. <laughs> you're not dealing mm-hmm. with the bottom 2% of society every single day. You're not, you know, all these things. What would be your response to that?
1: Um, I was active for quite a while. I was in it. I was deep in it. Um, and okay. So now I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: What I'm I'm saying is that, you know, we're not in it anymore. So we, yeah, it's easy for us to do all these things, but yeah.
1: So now I'm grounded because I'm out of it. Um, I would say, talk to some of my clients who are still in it and I've coached them through, you know, Getting grounded and using these tools and using these methods and using these techniques, and um, n- not only just my clients. There's a, a ton of people using these techniques. There's a there's a whole police department in uh, Arizona, and I, I can't remember exactly where at this point, but um, that uses meditation and mindfulness as a as a as a tactical tool to stay grounded in the moment, it actually makes you more tactically sound because you're more aware of your surroundings. And so there, there's a lot of science out there. Um, there's a lot of studies out there on mindfulness, on um, just nervous system stuff, on PTS, on hypervigilance and all of those things that can easily show you that, that the results are there. Hmm
0: totally agree would have said it same exact thing but i didn't realize about the i know there's lots of different departments using yoga and, and meditation and that but it's cool to hear that one's like specifically hardcore um using that because that's real good to, that's real good uh, it, it makes us it makes the police and that that are still out there. It makes all of us, a, like you said, more tactic, have a better tactical advantage because you don't get that red haze. You don't get that tunnel vision as much. Remember, they used to always say, take a deep breath. If you find yourself getting into that tunnel vision, it's like, well, I don't know I'm in the tunnel vision when I'm in it, <laughs> you know, right,
1: right.
0: I don't realize it until afterwards that I went, oh, there was a guy over here that I didn't even see, <laughs> you know, when you're doing scenarios. So, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Okay. What would you say for, you know, if somebody was going to do maybe one or two things and they're going to start implementing them right now, besides everything that they've learned so far, one or two things, what would you say would be the top one or two things that you would say start doing today? And how would they do it?
1: Breathing techniques. Um, because they are, it's an instant effect um, and they get you, they get your mind and body connected. You can get yourself grounded. So tactical breathing, box breathing, um, but making sure that it's a good proper three-part breath Um, and starting to dive into who you are, who you are at the core of your identity, not who you are as an officer, who you are as a a spouse, as a parent, as a, a son or daughter, but who are you when all of those labels come off and not even just who you are but who do you want to be because you can literally declare who you want to be you can say okay i don't i'm actually not a hillbilly i am an emo person I don't don't know. I'm just making up examples, but you, you know what I mean? Like you have these expectations, like, well, society wants me to be X, Y, and Z. And you're like, well, no, I'm A, B, and C. And I want to be that then be that Hmm. then live the way you want to live, be authentic to you and not what society expects of you. So just finding or declaring your own identity and breathing techniques, getting yourself grounded in the moment.
0: I love it. I love it. So my philosophy and thought is that our identity is a lot tied up into our why and our purpose. And I believe it comes back to mm-hmm. when we were very young, that pre-seven, when we were all kind of developing and learning everything and where a lot of our trauma comes from as well. Uh, my why comes from, and knowing where it comes from, as we said, is, is real important, but also what it is. My why comes from my dad going to chiropractic school when I was like three. So that's where it stems from. And it is I want to like, I've changed mine into a mission statement. I want, I help, help myself and others truly see ourselves. And so it's all about my why was to be seen all the time, i.e. becoming a cop. Like you had said, when you said about the lights and sirens, I was like, yep, there you go. (laughs) Light sirens, tactical gear. Cool. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, So what would you say, AKA your why is and where it came from?
1: Oh. I I don't know if I can pinpoint one specific uh instance. I mean, I I have I think I have multiple, um, and they probably all get wrapped up into one, but I my biggest thing is to make sure that people know that they don't have to suffer. Mm. Feel like and you, you don't when you're a kid. Have to, you don't have to suffer, and you don't have to suffer in silence. No. I think people think, you know, that and and we are honestly, our brains are hardwired for suffering because our brains hold on to the bad things that happen to try to prevent them in the future. Our brains aren't designed to make us happy, but you can shift that around and be able to find happiness and joy in your life despite that mm-hmm. and so may i don't know maybe i'll go with that one for now
0: yeah,
1: um course. you've given you've given me something else to dive deeper into so well, i like well, it.
0: if you need if you need help with it that is what uh that's what that's my specialty so um, am happy to help out there uh because yeah it does <laughs> it change it changes everything and you know the, the feedback that I get from my clients is literally they're like, holy crap, I actually know who I am and what drives me now. Now I can make sure. And some of them are like, actually, now that I know this, policing's not it. I don't need to do policing now. Some of them are like, funny. it's definitely had policing. Had yeah, it's definitely policing that I need to do because this, the holy crap. That, like I had one client just recently. Uh, it was like, oh, I don't know if I should go military or police. And I was like, cool. What's your, what is your why and mission statement? He told me. He's like, I was like, okay, cool. And then we have played it out what serves you, what doesn't on either one. And instantly it was like, nah, it's policing. And instantly the military was gone. He's like, nope, not if, don't need it anymore. He's like policing totally it. And there's nothing else that I know of right now. I was like, cool, perfect. And once that kind of, once you're like, hey, this isn't it anymore, then you can actually clearly go, okay, this is it. And so, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Um, okay, how do, because you do some, you do really cool stuff. Yes, we do similar stuff, but you do it in your way. And we were talking about this before that, you know, uh, there's so many of us out there and we need all of us. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you and wants to learn about the way that you do things to help them really be the best officer they can be, uh, and, and really thrive, uh, and not burn out or get those crispy moments like we've both had, uh, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, the easiest way is to go to lifesaverwellness.com. All my socials are linked up there. Um, there's, forms to fill out if you want to speak with me or have me come speak at a conference or um, apply to work with me one-on-one or uh, on the self-paced program. Um, so lifesaverwellness.com, that's the easiest way.
0: Cool. Perfect. We'll put that down below. I'll even go grab your your socials and, and drop them in the links down below in the, in the, in the description. Uh, last thing I like to ask, uh, AK, is what would you say your top tip to self-happiness is?
1: self-love, being able to actually extend love to yourself and give yourself the opportunity to open yourself to receiving love. And I think that's that second part is the part that we don't address enough. Um, like, oh, yeah, I do self-care and self-love and all this. But then do you really open yourself up for it to boomerang to you actually allowing yourself to receive it mm. and giving yourself enough grace to say I'm human and I don't need to hold my mistakes against me all the time and I don't need to continue to shame myself or listen to the naysayers or whatever, but but to truly love yourself is um quite a feat but when you can get there that's where your life just opens up wouldn't agree
0: more uh any last words that you have AK, before we wrap up
1: nothing profound that's coming to mind but other than thank you this has been awesome this was a great conversation um i could definitely see this i could definitely see this going for like six more hours but
0: <laughs> we could do a whole joe rogan on this and go for like three or four oh, hours God. having a drink and you know talking about all these different things but we won't do that to the listeners and viewers um not okay thank you very much for taking your time uh and, and spending it with us and and giving us all your little as i call them nuggets uh to help to help each other out um and to help ourselves out because you can't learn enough of this stuff because it does. A lot of it comes in and goes out and we'll pick up on little things. And that's why we do these podcasts is because our first responders out there have it hard enough. We may as well give them the stuff that they that, that, that can help them be the best that they can be and impact everybody out there. We aren't doing it anymore. So I want to thank all of you first responders out there for looking after us still. And you are cared. You are cherished. Uh, and if you need any assistance from AK, Go to uh, her website, Lifesaver. And if you are wanting to get in touch with me at all in any way, I'm always available. Um, My links are all down in the description as well. But you just have to email me. uh, Chris at knockingdemoncoaching.com. And there's a story behind that one. You will have heard it in another episode. But Chris at knockingdemoncoaching.com. And we will help you out. And we look forward to possibly seeing you on that motorcycle uh, retreat. Till next time, thank you very much uh, and train hard, test easy.